Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. All right, people. It's Thursday at 8. You know what that means. It is Thursday Education Live. Dr. Stephen Green here. I got a special guest. I am so excited about our guests. I get excited about all my guests. But I got to be honest, every once in a while I have a guest who I just I just think is so awesome and is bringing so much value and to the world. And Katie uh, is here tonight. Katie, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Steve. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I, listen. I am so happy you can make time in your schedule. Let me, no, I got to get back. I'm already off. I'm already off script. Let me play the theme song before I forget. So here's the theme. Oh, that's not the theme song. Here's the theme song. I'm 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 all out of sorts here. So Thursday night education live is all about providing parents, providing our um, our listeners with ways to maximize your educational experience. Some of them are in the classroom. But some aren't. Sometimes we need to deal with our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health, our stress levels, all this stuff. And that's one of the reasons I brought Katie in. Uh, she's got a huge background in this, and you're going to learn a lot in the next uh, 20 whatever minutes. And uh, if you want to make a comment, wherever you're watching this on the live stream, just type in below. You may have to hit the StreamYard.Facebook just to get uh, active, but... It's all good. It is all good. Look, we got our first comment. Hey, Ron. Ron. Yeah, hey, Ron. Ron, hello, hello, hello. Um, so anyway, okay. Let me just talk about a couple things. Number one, there was a big announcement in the education world this week. The ETS, the kind of big, big elephant in the room in the education world, announced no more essay on the SAT. No more essay. No essay for you. And no more subject tests. Now, the essay doesn't surprise me, and I could go off on this for 20 minutes, but I'm not going to because we got more important fish to fry. The subject tests do a little bit, and I think the reason for the subject tests were APs. The proliferation of people taking APs really made the subject tests a little, uh, kind of took the luster off of them. But the lack of essay on the test, uh, nobody really cared. I mean, let's be honest. The college admissions people didn't care. And that's really the main thing. Why do you take the SATs? Get into college. So if it's not helping you, not helping you. So um, that's a big thing. In the make the grade world, everything's running beautifully. It is midterm time. Every school has midterms. Some bagged them. That's okay. If you need help with midterms, reach out. Reach out. I am, I'm scheduling. I'm helping people. Take advantage of the on-demand service. I have a service now in case you don't know. You have a question, submit it, email. We'll answer it. Uh, asynchronously, six-syllable word. How about that, Katie? Six-syllable word. It's big. Usually right. we get over three. Over three here, I get excited. Anyway, um, and also, last thing is, I'm launching a course. If you're out there, if you're a parent or you're an entrepreneur and you want to learn how to project what you do live or you want to make a class, I'm setting up a workshop to help people by popular demand. A couple of my clients asked me to do it. I said, why not? Spread the love. So, Katie K. May, let me tell the world a little bit about you, okay? Um, in addition to her incredible hairstyle, right? What, what shade of blue is that? Is that royal blue? 
It's blue and purple. It's living. It's blue, I blue and purple. I love it. Okay. She is the owner and clinical director of Creative Healing. Okay. It's a teen support center. They got three locations, soon to be four, right? Three locations in the Philadelphia area, for those of you listening outside the area. Their team of teen specialists offers individualized and group therapy for teens for self-expression, support, skill building, with a focus on dialectical behavior therapy, DBT. And you might have to explain yeah. what that means. Trauma-informed practices and LGBTQ-affirming care. Learn more at creativehealingphilly.com. So officially, yes. welcome Katie K. May. we got a studio on. There's about 12,000 people in the studio here. They are ecstatic. So let, let's um, just uh, as a way of introduction, why don't you just tell people what you basically do? Because yeah. there's a lot of ways that you can help teens. But what, what do you do? What does you do in your world? So I am a mental health therapist, and I've devoted my whole professional career to working with adolescents and the teen brain as it relates to mental health. And so what I do, my specialty area is working with teens who have self-harm behaviors or suicidal thoughts. So I really, I appreciate working with that high risk population. And I have a team of therapists who have all devoted their lives to working with adolescent mental health and work in a variety of areas, like you mentioned, like depression, anxiety, trauma, school stress, self-esteem, identity, um, exploration. So across the board, if your teen is struggling, we have a specialist in that area. And I really think that's important to note because teenagers are not children and they're not adults. So they really have a unique brain that's still forming and having some knowledge of that in the process is important um, just in terms of how you're treating them, how you're supporting them and how you're in involving the family in the process too. So here's a question. I'm a parent. I got a teenager. Me too. I'm saying, well, yeah, yeah. Well, right. I mean, I did. My mind are a little bit older. I lived. I'm. I'm done. I lived through this. But anyway, I got a teenager, and they're they're just they seem a little off, right? Do I say, well, they're they're being teenagers. They're moody. It's normal. Mm -hmm. Well, how would I know, without being an alarmist or going off the edge, that that maybe it's time to seek some professional advice, right? And I'm not talking like you know super, super heavy duty therapy. We're talking your more yeah. support. So what would be a trigger that a parent would be able to use to say, listen, maybe I got to notch this up to somebody who handles this professionally? It's a really good question. And one of the things we talk to parents a lot about at the beginning is, is this typical teen behavior or is this cause for concern? And so part of that is educating yourself on or being aware of what is normal teen behavior, like being in your room more and isolating more, being more irritable with parents, getting frustrated with peers, not liking school sometimes. These are all really normal teen things, like being a little more emotional at times, really normal teen experiences. But it's really when it goes into that extreme um, that extreme range on this side of it that's like, I'm crying every day. I'm making statements like, I don't think anyone likes me. I'm avoiding school for days at a time. I'm avoiding social mm -hmm. interactions. So it, it's it's a sustained period in the extreme. I would say like, if there's two weeks of your teen crying and expressing that they're hopeless and that they hate themselves, that would be, um, I think enough of a prompting event to reach out and just say like, hey, therapist, place? Is this something that you think is treatable? I'm always a fan of erring on that side of just like asking, seeing what's up, seeing if it's a match for even meeting criteria for treatment, because I'd rather be safe than, than be stressed for a long period of time. 
And what's the entry point? It's not like they show up and they go into some, you know, laying on a couch and like, you know, tell us about your childhood. I mean, obviously that's not where this is, but how does, what's the first experience like for the teen? Because obviously they're going to be somewhat, uh, intimidated is the right word, but it's, 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 it's a, it's not a comfortable situation to go into something like this, especially if you're out of sorts, but what, what, what happens when somebody walks into your center? So whether it's in person or online, we are right now that first session meeting with teen and parents together for the first little part to get introductions out of the way, talk about policies, but it's a slow build. I mean, there's a, a concept in therapy and I'm sure in life of building rapport and building trust. And so we're not asking someone to spill their deep dark secrets in session number one. It's, it's more about mm -hmm. assessment. Today is the day we gather information. You get a sense of who I am, ask questions about me, and I'm gonna ask some questions about you. And so it's initial assessment and formulation and understanding, is this the right path that we're on here? And if it's not, at the end of that first session, we're saying, this is actually what I'm seeing or what might be helpful. Most of the time we're saying, I'm 100% confident I can help you. This is what we do every day. You're in the right place right now. And that generates hope and a reason to come back and keep working on moving towards that life that they they want to live and that they love. Is... um. So you're you're sort of a group. You, you do therapy, but it's also sort of a place that teams can develop relationships with other teens, right? Mm -hmm. So what, 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 explain that a little bit, because I know a little bit about what you're doing, but other people may not. So how how does this work? What's the dynamic? Yeah, so groups are one of my favorite parts of what we do. And I know there's some people that will never want a group and that's okay. We have individual services and they have a place as well. But the groups, we have all different kinds. So we have our DBT groups and I can talk about what that is. We have our teen talk groups, which are really a space for teens to come together to talk about what they're experiencing, to get support, validation, accountability from their peers. We have an LGBTQ group and social anxiety group. So, and we have parent groups. We have all different kinds of groups. And the main idea behind them is a few things. So for our DBT groups, they're, they're skills groups. And the idea is that you learn better in a group setting than if this were a one-to-one -one setting where your your um, your thoughts and your ideas and your everyday stressors veer you off the path of really learning and practicing new skills. And so each week we're introducing new skills, they're practicing them together, whether it's in a game-like way or an interactive way, it's really fun and engaging and creative. And then they have homework to go practice that skill out in the world. And so each week builds on the next where they're coming back and saying, here's what I tried, here's what worked or didn't work. And they're getting coaching and feedback from the group leaders and their peers in that process. Would somebody come to your center weekly, twice a week, every day? What, what is there a, or I'm sure it's individualized to a degree, but what, what's the typical protocol? Typical protocol is once a week individual, and then if indicated, once a week group on top of that. And it is very individualized. There's some clients who, you know, come twice a week, once for group, once for individual. There are some clients that are graduating out of individual treatment, and they love staying connected to a group throughout the rest of high school because it's such an important support space for them. And there's some variations of that as you start to... Um, make progress, it's pulling back to maybe every other week. And then our goal really is to work ourselves out of a job. So at our center, we believe that treatment doesn't have to be a long-term thing. It's really to help you gain the skills to be successful and effective in your life. And so that means helping you be as independent as possible when you're ready to do so. So we're not trying to keep you for four or five, six years. A typical mm -hmm. course of treatment is probably six to nine months, I would say. Now you're you're dealing with this on a um, 
emotional is probably not the word, but you're not, it's not a tutoring center. Correct. It's not a, um, you know, a place to worry about how you're doing on the test the next week. Um, what, what, what would you say is, is the, is the desired outcome? Is it just feeling better about themselves? Is it a social, uh, uh comfort? I mean, it's hard to measure because we're, we're both in imperfect sciences, right? Yeah. So how does somebody know when they've quote unquote graduated out of your system? Is that so for I, them to, let me, sorry to interrupt you. Is that for them to decide or something like you, would you discharge them? I think it's a both and situation. Anytime we're, we're taking in a new client and doing an assessment in those first four sessions, we really consider like pre-treatment and assessment and evaluation and case conceptualization. We're developing what we call targets. This is what we want to see increase or decrease so that we know that therapy is working and that things are on track. And so there's different ways we look at that. One is that we do um, assessment surveys. So we're measuring depression, anxiety, and stress, uh, usually every other week. And we're, we can provide graphs and charts for parents to really see like what's happening in that process. We're very big on data-driven treatment. And then the other way we measure that is behaviorally. Are you self-harming less? Are you going out with friends more? Are you procrastinating less? So we're really measuring the targets that they've identified or what get in the way of them living a life that works for them. So there's a bit, you establish a baseline. Yes. And then you measure against the baseline. You said it better. I didn't need to say all the words. <laughs> well, you know, I got, I got a, somebody's talking in my ear. I got a, I got a producer. <laughs> who <gotta> say this. <laughs> I heard a rumor. Yeah. I heard a rumor somewhere. I don't know where that you are doing a workshop just for parents as well. Yes. Is this true? Or is it a, just, was it just a rumor? This is true. This is okay. So it wasn't a rumor. Then it was a fact. <laughs> okay. So what, what's going on with that? Because listen, I know this, I know this in academic help. That if the family and the team is not on the same page, it will not work as well. And it may not work as all at all. Yeah. So I, I'm going to guess, I'm going to suppose that if a team comes into your center and you're doing great work with them, they're feeling good, but then they go home and the parents aren't supporting it or they're not reinforcing the um, mechanisms or the behavior or the whatever, it's not going to, it may not work at all and it may not work as well. Yeah. So, how, so, so how do you bring the parents in? Tell us about this parents workshop. What's going on with this? Yeah, so I've been running this parent workshop monthly and it's a free workshop for either parents that are in the community or parents who have a teen at our center. And the main idea is this, in order to create the perfect conditions for change for our teens, we need to educate the parents in exactly what you said, what to reinforce, how to respond to big behaviors or big emotions, mm -hmm. what not to say, What's the foundation of knowledge that they need to know to make therapy work or to create harmony at home? And so this workshop is 90 minutes and it focuses somewhat on education. And just like with our team groups, there's a component of practice and role play. You're learning new skills, you're practicing them, you're getting feedback and you're asking for support in this process. And I've gotten great feedback from parents that it's been really helpful to get that foundational knowledge to, to create those perfect conditions for their teens at home. And I recognize that 90 minutes is a short amount of time for the length of time that you may have been struggling. And so we have an ongoing parent group that, that parents can opt into if they want continued support in the process. So you're kind of getting every angle, which is what you need to do. Yeah. Wow. Um, hmm. And uh, I also heard a rumor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> before, before the rumor, let's do a little station break. This is Education Live Thursday. My guest, Katie K. May. Creative Healing Philly, 
maybe soon to be national. You're going to have to rename Creative Healing USA oh <laughs> or something. I don't know. The way you're growing, it's unbelievable. It's great. Um, we're here every Thursday night at 8, all things education. The goal here is to give value to parents and families to help you maximize your child's education. But now we're talking about your emotional mental health. And that goes that goes like this, hand in hand with education sometimes. A happy child, a well-adjusted child, and we all try as parents, but it's going to probably be a better student. So I heard a rumor. I was talking to somebody who talked to somebody who talked to somebody else who said, you know, Katie Kay, she's writing a book. <laughs> You're hearing a lot of rumors, Steve. I'm lie, no, well, yeah, I got my finger on the pulse. When you do a show like this, you got to know what's going on with your guests, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I can't come up here just making stuff up. So anyway, uh, I, I got it. I know you got a lot to talk about with a book, right? You probably got 18 million things you could do. Maybe you got four books to write. What's this one about? Yeah, so I am writing a book, and it, it has been a life goal of mine. I've been a writer since I was a kid. Um, and this book really interweaves my personal story as what I'll call a troubled teen. You know, the reason that I do what I do now is because of where I came from and, and who I was and wanting to provide the space and support for teens in a way that I didn't have it growing up. And so I share some of my story, but a bigger piece of it is how parents can respond in different ways to help kids, teens manage those big feelings without them becoming self-destructive behaviors. Because again, that's my passion area of teens with self-harm and suicidality. And really, how can we as parents keep our kids safe, make them feel secure, and not just like random general concepts, but really like, what do you do? How do you dig into this and, and make things better at home? Because that's the ultimate goal is how do we all live in harmony in a life that we love and, and make this work together? So the book is sort of a journal-ish kind of uh, exercise, I guess. So it's in a way, it's sort of therapeutic, right? Sure. Um, so uh, hopefully it'll be out soon. And oh, <laughs> you ever, uh, I, I, I mean, listen, we're both in businesses where we, you can sometimes get attached uh, to your kids. You, you, you get in, and when I say kids, I mean your clients, basically, right? Yeah. I've had lots of kids over the years. I, I'm really rooting for them. I want them to succeed. I want them to bring it together. I, you know, I, you work with them, you work with them, and then you got to let go, right? I can't go take a test for a child. I can't go take an SAT for a child. But the yeah. goal is to give them the tools they need mm-hmm. and then hope. Or not maybe hope, but, but like sort of open a positive sense that you've given them the foundation to be able to be independent as they sort of sail the seas of life, so to speak. Yeah. Um, do you get do, do you get the wrap around like like I, I gotta tell you a story. Yeah. I went to the supermarket, which is an adventure in this day and age. Uh, to just my wife was cooking something, we were missing something. Can you go to the supermarket and buy this? Sure, yeah, whatever. So I grabbed my mask, I got my goggles, I got my whatever, I got my disinfectants. Um, I'm standing in line, and with a mask, you don't know who anybody is anymore, right? Like I would recognize you probably, but um, and there's a person behind me. I'm like, I know this person's familiar. I can't remember who it is. I'm just about to check out. I'm putting the stuff in a bag, and the guy goes, "I think you were my biology tutor in ninth grade." Oh, and I was like. Uh, yeah, David, whatever his name was. I mean, his name was David. I'm trying to protect confidentiality. Anyway, <laughs> and we start talking. It turns out, okay, this was so long ago. So long ago, he graduated high school, graduated college, graduated medical school, just got done a residency to become a cardiac surgeon. That's amazing. I know. It was, yeah. it was super cool. And um, 
he didn't like gushingly say, wow, like I owe my all my success in life to what we did. But he did say, you know, I remember you work working with you and you really helped me with biology in ninth grade. And you also helped me with SATs. And that's one of the beautiful things about what we do in education and counseling is you can really have an impact on people, not because you want to be impressionable, but because it's what we do. Yeah. And sometimes it wraps around and we get very tied up in these things. And sometimes it works the opposite direction. And you put all of it into something and it doesn't play out. But is there is there anything you'd be willing to share? Maybe a story or a case study where, where it's you you really feel this was just a super positive thing that happened? Yeah. So the closest thing that to that that I can share is getting emails from clients who have graduated out and gone to college and telling me that they've gotten a 4.0 and they have a friend group and they feel close and connected when they're away at college, which is always our goal to get them to that level of independence. Mm -hmm. And then some of the when I've wrapped up groups that we've seen, I've seen them from freshman year through high school and they're getting ready to graduate and go out to college. Some of the feedback I've heard and it, it makes me choke up to talk about it is things like, I didn't know if I would make it through high school and being in group is a part of what got me through knowing that people mm. were waiting for me every week and that would care. They would care if I didn't show up is something that got me out of bed for the day. Or I felt like I could be myself in group and dress in a way that was a little more adventurous than I might at school because I knew people would accept me and that they wouldn't judge me. And so I think I can't take full credit for, for providing all of those things because a lot of it was the peers within the group. But I think those spaces are so important. Those, the, the spaces where, where they know they're not being judged, where they can be authentic and take risks and, and learn to like themselves better because they're noticing that other people, other peers are, are liking them for who they are and not who they're pretending to be. Do you ever find uh, there's like a, a, I don't know what word, a syndrome in edu in psychology and in education where patients become almost dependent a little bit on their providers. Mm -hmm. Like you set up a safe space, right? I set up a safe space. We have a, a kid comes here, we work with them. It's a safe space, but it's a bubble, right? We're, we can't protect them from everything in the real world. Mm -hmm. And, um, do you, do you find the kids sort of graduate and they maybe need like a booster? I don't know if that's the way you would say it. Or maybe they come back just once or twice a couple of years later because they want to get reconnection or something like that. Is, is that happened to you? Is, do you allow that to happen in your situation? Yeah. So I think it's both. I think we, we like an alumni kind of, if there is such a thing. Yeah, we prepare our teens for the world and we do a lot of exposure therapy where we're not protecting them from bad things happening, but helping them realize that they can handle it if something bad does happen. And that being said, a lot of our teens go off to college and come back on um, winter break and spring break and maybe even over the summer and check in or get a booster session. Or I've had clients come back when they're 22 and just say like, I'm dealing with a difficult life thing right now. Can I just talk through it for a session or two? Because mm -hmm. I'm the last relationship they had therapeutically where they talked about those things. And so it's helpful to have that history rather than try and give all that to a new therapist just for a session or two if they need support. And I think that's, that's part of the, like the benefit of therapy is that it is such a flexible process. We use systems and we use evidence-based care and we have structure, but it's a principle within that we're still people and we're helping people. And that doesn't look the same for everyone. Let's talk about sort of the elephant in the room of trying to get people together, which is this whole COVID experience, right? Yeah. You know, can, can have, I, I'm got to think it's impacted what you do to some degree because you can't just throw 
20 people in a room and just say, Hey, go do your thing. Right. Right. Um, have you, have you gone virtual? Have you just, what have you had to do to adjust? And is it, and part B, do you feel it's as effective as you were able to be face to face? So we are completely virtual right now. And we have been since March. Um, okay. Back to the office date is to be determined at this point. It is working. We continue to get new clients. I've had to hire to meet the demand of teams that are struggling in COVID. And we have more groups than we had in March when we went virtual. So in terms of um, supply and demand, there is definitely a demand for therapy. And so we've been meeting that virtually. I see some real pros in the in the process too, like being able to see someone closer face to face when you're not sitting across the room from them, you catch more nuance, you catch a tear that you might not have caught from across the room on the couch. And mm. similarly, in our group settings, we all of our groups are online, you can see everyone's face at the same time. And so as a group leader, being able to see everyone rather than have to scan the room and maybe missing something someone over here is doing is really helpful in connecting them in the process. Um, I think for the work that we do, and especially working with teenagers, they're comfortable online. They're on FaceTime. Yeah, they're like it's right. it's natural to them, and so it, it's it's okay for us too. Hmm. So interesting. So interesting. Katie K. May, yes. Creative Healing. Uh, it, it, how'd you start your business? One day you just said, "I'm going to help teens." I mean, was it that simple? I have a journalism degree. Um, I went to school to be a writer, and then I had a surprise pregnancy, which led me to a path of wanting to do something more meaningful and give back in a way, like I said, that made sense to me based on my history. So mm -hmm. I went to graduate school while I had a one-year-old. Um, I got my master's degree, and I started my career in a partial hospital program. So working with really high risk teens and a lot of acute behaviors. And it was a great experience to learn a lot quickly about a lot of people that were struggling. And so um, that's when I really learned that the teen community is what resonated with me and that I was I was good at connecting with them. And I think on some level, um, it just it just worked and it made sense. So I knew that I was unbossable at some point. I'm not great at following rules. So <laughs> lesson for parents out there, you have kids that are not great at following rules, they can still be successful later. Okay, in there we go. <laughs> and so when I went out in my own business, I just really focused on the teen population because it mattered to me. And then that's things grew from there. How, how, uh, how long has this been? Like I started healing is how many years old? Yeah. 2015. And then as a growing group practice in 2017. So we've, we've been around a short time, but grown a lot in that time. Hmm. Um, okay. Is there anything we haven't talked about? You want to talk about, is there anything I just, I think I, I got all my notes here, folks. I, I take notes. <laughs> I'm a I think we've covered um, most of it. We just hired two amazing family therapists. Okay. Um, we haven't had previously. So not only are we doing teen work and parent work, now we have the whole family involved in the process and, and just a different way of working with families together. So that's been really exciting for us to add that service into. So if somebody wanted to reach out, of course, there's a confidentialities and all that, right? We'll assume that. What would they do? They would email you, call you, go to your website. What would they do? The best place to the best thing to do is go to our website because it has all the different services and kinds of teams that we help. Let me put that here. So that's creative Philly 
creativehealingphilly.com, right? You got it, creativehealingphilly.com. Um, every for, every web page has a form, fill out a form. It goes right to our, our office coordinator. You can schedule a call. It's an easy process. You'll talk to someone personally who will match you to the right kind of therapist for what you're experiencing. It's not just like, oh, I want Wednesday at seven, so I'll take Wednesday at seven. We wanna make sure that you have a specialist for what you're experiencing. And so um, our intake office will match you to that specialist and get you on the schedule. Hmm. Where do you see this going? I mean, do you, at some point you have 20 centers. I mean, we just start specializing, uh, 10 books. I mean, where, where's Katie going to be in five years or whatever? I mean, you're young, you got, you could, you could be doing this 30 more years. I love working and I, I anticipate doing this 30 plus more years. We have three locations now. I know you said almost four. We're, we'll have three locations total because two Philly will collapse into one. Oh, okay. There we if go. That's still, that's still impressive. Um, yeah. If I'm being honest, like I have to think more on the future of creative healing. We have such a an expert and specialized team that to grow that really means that I put a lot of effort and intentionality into making sure we have um, – therapists that that meet that expectation and that level of competency so um we'll see we'll see where where things go but are you, uh, are you looking to bring more professionals in i mean do you want to address that here or is it or yeah are you not- I'd love to, to have some more therapists on our team what we're really mm-hmm. hoping to find is again like people who are passionate about working with the teen population um i'd love to have someone who specializes in eating disorders and and DBT work and LGBTQ work, all of the things that we do. We what is, explain DBT. We, we, that was in your intro, and I yeah. I actually know what it is, but I think maybe the audience may not. But um, thank you for asking that. So DBT stands for dialectical behavior therapy. Thanks, Ron. Um, <laughs> it okay. is dialectical behavior therapy. It really is. Um, it's the balance between acceptance and change. So what it means is finding the balance between extremes, extremes in thinking, extremes in behavior, and coming back to the center and finding that balance. So it's rooted in um, changing your thoughts, but also like Zen practices. And it's really what they call a third wave psychotherapy practice. It's um, helping people with extremes in thinking and extremes in behavior find balance again. Is I think the shortest way I can say it. Is there... Um... Is there something that gives you particular joy? Like, is there a certain uh, type of child or a teen or a certain circumstance that really, really just resonate? Maybe it's a person that's close to what you experienced personally or that you would be willing to share. Is there just one thing that really would be like the, I don't know, ultimate kind of great day for you? For me personally, my favorite kind of teen to work with is like a creative artsy teen who maybe feels like they're not good enough or they haven't found their place like that, that theater kid or that black sheep who is questioning whether life is worth living and deep inside knows it is, but really hasn't found their place or the the confirmation that they need to keep going. And so they're motivated to find that life worth living and they need some support mm-hmm. and skills along the way. So they're not like the in crowd or they don't, that the popular kid or they're not a jock or whatever the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as plugged into the teen uh, jargon as you may be at this point. I'm still stuck in like 1985. <laughs> um, you know what it reminds me of though? I don't know. Like my wife is this huge fan of the show, the voice, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like this sort of singing competition. Mm-hmm. And the kid who won was like 15. He beat all these adults. He's an unbelievable singer, but they all are. Yeah. 
And he even, he, I think he would have been a great patient or do you use the word patient? I guess you would. Client, Client for you. Um, you know, it was like a kid who basically said, I, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of friends. Yeah. I didn't fit in. You know, I was like the kind of artsy kid in a world of jocks and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with any of this. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when the majority is doing one thing and you're in the minority, yeah. it's easy to feel isolated and, and unaccepted and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. I like, I say it's like the island of misfit toys. Like all, all the teens who feel like they don't have their place somewhere else tend to find each other in our groups and, and feel really connected. And that's amazing to see happen. And then they take those connections outside of group. They start hanging out. They start understanding how to form like trusting relationships too. So the, the lack of commonality is the commonality. You got it. Oh, I like that. <laughs> write that. Somebody write that down. Write that down, producers. Um, Katie K. May, I want to thank you profusely for coming on tonight. I, I, it's just, you know, it's funny. I've never actually met Kate. We've, we've worked together a few times. We've been kind of shared podcast guesting and Kate was one of my uh, guests on the back to school workshop in September. And we only live like three miles apart, right? Something like that. We're not yeah. very far from each other, but in this COVID world, you know, you're lucky if you can get to the supermarket in one piece. But it's just like Ron said, you're contagious. Your enthusiasm is great. I love it. I love positivity. You're helping so many people. And I don't want this to be like a love fest, but but what you're doing is really needed work. And, it, you know, it, you know, if it's the old saying, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I really get that feeling from you that you're just happy being with your tribe and surrounding yourself with like-minded people and feeling like you're bringing value and, and bringing, you know, bringing people to a better place from when they show up to when they leave, which yeah. is really what we in the education counseling uh, support space, what more can we really ask for? I mean, look, we got to make a living, so we got to put a little bit of money on it somewhere. But this is the stuff you can't you can't price tag, right? I feel grateful for sure. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, let me ask you one last question, just it, totally off. You know, we're completely right. off script here. I don't think we had a script anyway. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I know, uh, you're, you know, you're, you've got certain goals and stuff, but is there anything you haven't done yet that you really need, want to do? Like, do you have a big goal for 2021? I mean, I'm not even talking business. Just like, I don't know, you want to like climb Mount Kilimanjaro or something like that. Any, so anything you want to share? Personal goals outside of traveling, which is will happen when it's able to happen. Um, one of the things that I've been doing is like CrossFit training and weight training and just increasing my strength as uh, a human being. <laughs> and so I don't know if I have an end point for that, but I know my personal goal is to continue working on myself. And that's something that we at my center, we all, everyone that works there has their own personal goals and personal development. And I've done a lot of emotional work. And I think that for me now it's time to, to take that holistically to how do I become stronger as a person and physically to match the, the mental strength that I've achieved in my lifetime. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> That's like the quote of the year. I love, I'm love I know I said it, but I'm okay. I love it. Thank you, Ron. Um, yeah. Well, so look, we're always working on ourselves, right? And there's the old saying, you can't help others unless you're working on yourself as well. If you're not in a good place, you can't project that. Education Live Thursday. This is the 15th Education Live Thursday. Can you believe it? Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> next week, I, I honestly don't remember who's on next week, which is really sort of shameful. So I'm going to look it up right now. 
Ron, who's I on? I know who it is. It's Ken Myers. And Bashi, Ron, you're out there. If you want to come on Education Live Thursday, you are more than welcome. I'd love to have you. Um, Ken Myers next week. Ken has a great, you know Ken a little bit, Katie. Uh, Ken has a great system. It, he does he does leadership development. And along the way, they do fundraising. And they've, he's gotten great reviews. He's in a lot of schools. Uh, he's going to be my guest next week. And maybe we will have Ron Shapiro on sometime. Ron's got a cool business too. I'd like to showcase. Um, this is all about providing ideas, ooh, techniques. Sorry, Mike. Um, ideas, techniques, skills, uh, resources, connections for parents and families to help you maximize your child's education and your child's educational experience. That's why we are here. So um, that's what we're trying to do every week in between. If you have any questions or comments, drop them in. You can always reach out later and uh, myself or Katie will get back to you. Uh, you got anything you want to plug? I know you got your parents workshop. When's the next one? Next parent workshop, I believe it's February 17th or once a month on a Sunday. If you go to creativehealingphilly.com, it's the top banner. You can sign up right there on the homepage. The only other thing I would say, if there's people from schools listening as part of my team, and they're amazing, have been going virtually into schools and doing a free student stress management workshop that's mm -hmm. been getting reviews we've done it at three schools and would be happy to provide it to more students um, in middle or high school if you're finding that they're they're stressed or they need some more skills to manage the the challenges this year question for you does a parent have to have a teen in your center or set one of your centers to come to your parenting workshop no it's open to the community i, I strongly believe everyone needs this information um and so it's it's anyone who wants to and is willing to engage and participate is, is allowed to show up as long as you're a parent. Um, it's not a space for professional development, but for parents to interact and have a safe space. Awesome. All right. I think we've done enough damage for one night. I hope you can come back on again, Kate. I love, I love uh, our conversations and I really appreciate what you're doing. What does the audience think? that studio audience approves let me see if i can get one other thing here i've been trying to get better at my technology but uh whoops here we go let's get calm oh. you like that oh, okay <laughs> all right everybody listen we're gonna wrap it up you tend to get a little this is, this is listen this is hard to, this isn't the easiest thing to do because it takes a lot of energy to do this and um you know what i'm really trying to do with this is showcase the people who are, are, are um, generous with their time to come on and try to share their knowledge. And, and Katie's probably got 400 other things she could do right now. But I really appreciate the time. And I hope people will reach out. Take advantage of what she's doing. It's tremendous. This parenting workshop sounds good. I mean, I'm a parent. I might just pump in. Never get Fair too enough. much help, right? And uh, we're back here next week. Ken Meyer is going to be really good. Ken's, uh, Ken's maybe – this much less enthusiastic than Katie. <laughs> he's a little more deadpan, but he's really knowledgeable. Don't tell Ken I said that. I mean, I just said it to the whole world. Um, so anyway, that is it. Let's get the theme song to pull it out. Katie, thanks again. Have a great night. Have a great week. Good luck with your new center. Keep me posted, please. And yeah. at some point, let's do this again, and we'll roll ahead. So here we go. Whoops. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. See, I got out of my script. Ugh. Here we go. I need to make the great theme song. There. Nope. There it is. Bang. See everybody next week. We're in between. 
Have a great week. Take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Reach out to Katie if you need anything or to me. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.